The message you're about to listen to is a recording from God's favorite house. It is our prayer that you listen, your life will be transformed, and you will be taken to greater heights in your walk with Jesus. Amen. God bless you as you listen to this message. Thank you, Heavenly Father. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. The Lord will grant our petitions in Jesus' name. And we will end this year far better than we started it. And as we enter 2022, we are getting to higher levels, deeper levels with him, further than we've ever gone in the name of Jesus. Because God is faithful, he will watch over his word to bring it to pass in your life. So it will be. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. Amen. God bless you. Please be seated. Amen. Amen. Thank you very much, choir. God bless you. Amen. Amen. I absolutely love it at GFH. Amen. And um, if you know me at all, you know I don't lie. I don't joke around with things like that. I don't have to say anything. I'll just say thank you for inviting me. So I love it here for many reasons because I'm always challenged by the spirit of order and excellence that, that exists here. And I'm also challenged by your fasting life. Amen. And I pray that God will take me higher also. Pray for me. Amen. Um, I always like to bring my dear wife here, but, you know, she's uh, our resident pastor, so she doesn't like to come out a lot. But this morning, yesterday night, she said she would come. Then this morning, she said, maybe she should come for a second service. It's okay, I'll come for the first service. So we are privileged to have without Pastor Mom, the only who doesn't like to go out too much. Amen. And, of course, Pastor Shegun Oluwasomi, who's... Uh, uh, Protocol, Oshin, everything minister. Amen? Amen. Femi is, uh, Shegu is my brother and friend, and we are glad to be here. Um, I want to thank God for the life of Pastor Femi Monet, and I hope you pray for us pastors. Hmm? How many of us pray for our pastors? How many of us pray for Pastor Femi? Please, you know, make it a point to pray for your pastors, for our leaders at work, and so on and so forth. That God will uphold us. Amen? We live in very challenging times. Um, and we trust that we will finish our race strong in Jesus' name. Luke chapter 14 from verse 25 to 28. Luke 14, 25 to 28. And if you are there, say a big amen. You're not there. Okay, the screens have spoiled all of us. Okay, let's read together as one church. Now great multitudes went with him. I'm reading from the New King James Version. And he turned and said to them, If anyone comes to me and does not hate his father, I thought you were reading with me. Does not hate his father and mother, wife and children, brothers and sisters, yes, and his own life also, he cannot be my disciple. And whoever does not bear his cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. For which of you, intending to build a tower, does not sit down first and count the cost, whether he has enough to finish it? In these verses, uh, our Lord Jesus Christ was emphasizing a very important principle of life that is applicable in your spiritual life as well as in your 
you know, earthly life, you know, your marriage, your business, your finances, your health, everything. And that is the principle of preparation. And he demonstrated that even from Genesis chapter 1. God did not create man until he had fully prepared the garden, correct? He had prepared, everything was set. Then he brought man. Those who win in life, month on month, year on year, they prepare. The tragedy is that many of us who are children of God, who are spiritual people, who are supposed to be spiritual people, we are so spiritual that we don't prepare. We don't plan. We don't equip ourselves for the next level. And I saw on social media yesterday uh, a man of God who is trending at this moment, uh, Pastor Jerry Eze, say that if you get anything that you're not prepared for, it can become a tragedy. And I thought that was very profound. Um, so preparation is very important. In the corporate world, the only thing that is heavy on the agenda of great organizations in the last quarter of any year are planning sessions for next year, sometimes five-year plans. So we need to prepare. Amen? Amen. But today we want to talk about how to prepare spiritually. And the first principle I want to lay on the ground when we talk about preparing to win because I pray that this year, because this year is not over, and even in 2022, you will win. I say you will win in Jesus' name. The concept of winning comes to play because nobody prepares to lose. <laughs> Although when you don't prepare, you're actually preparing to lose. The concept of winning is relevant because life is a series of battles. Life is a series of what? Battles. In, in the book of Job, chapter 14, verse 1, and you know Job was <laughs> the chief recipient of, you know, the poster boy for, poster man for, for battles of life. The Bible says in verse 1 of Job 14, it says, man who is born of a woman is of few days and full of what? Trouble. To be born. You face battles. If you've ever witnessed the, the birth of a child before, that baby that comes out of, you know, the delivery process looks like he's been fighting someone for some hours. Eyes are puffed up. Some of them have marks. <laughs> to graduate from primary school, I remember when I was doing my first school leasing certificate, it was as if I was going to die. And I thought, you know, we had this big valedictory service. I said, oh, wow, that's the end of life. Let me just get to secondary school. Then I got to secondary school. I got put in a class that was full of the most brilliant people in the world. And my first term, I think I scored 83%. And I came, no, no, that was my third year, actually. So in the first two years, I was doing okay, became a federal scholar. Then third year, I was put in a class of federal scholars. And I got 83%. I got 19 position. Then the next time, I got 89%. I got to 20th position. 
<laughs> Education is war. Then, of course, university, you know, of course. <laughs> business. Ask any businessman. Ask Pastor Ray here. He will tell you that enterprise is war. It's war. Because when you are in business and trying to make money, you are you are really confronting the powers of darkness. You know what Adam did in the Garden of Eden, right? When, you know, so when he handed it over to, to you know, the enemy. Even if you're not a businessman, even if you're at work, you know, you work for someone, which is not a bad idea if you've got a great job, which you will get this year in Jesus' name. Say a good amen. I know many of us are business owners, but there'll be one or two employees like me. God will give you a greater job this year in Jesus' name. Even in the world of employment, is a battle to get ahead. Get ahead. At any point in time, they want to promote. They say, we can only promote one person in your department. It's war. Ministry is war. <laughs> That's why the Bible says, if we just manage to attack the shepherd, we know what will happen to the rest of the sheep. But God will protect us. Amen? Marriage is war. <laughs> Trust me. Anybody who you find who, you know, you know, they post nice pictures of husband and wife in the, on social media. You don't know what's going on under. Can I get a witness? Oh, you people are all made in heaven. Jesus put it best in John 16, John 16, He says, these things I have spoken to you, that in me you may have what? Peace. In the world, if you are reading a funny Bible, you will see you may have there. But the original Bible says you will have what? Tribulation. And tribulation is the advanced level of battles, right? When you are hit on every side. He said, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. I pray in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Every battle you are facing, God will give you victory therein in Jesus' name. Many of us lose the battles of life and are trampled on because, number one, we are ignorant that life is a series of battles. Many of us live in la-la land. And the prophet Hosea said, my people actually perish for lack of what? You need to know that life is not a walk in the park. And those of us who even know, there are many of us, we know that life is a battle. Some of us, even interestingly, came from battleground families backgrounds but then when we come to lagos and we see the bar beach we see uh what's that new place eco atlantic we see lekki we we get relaxed or maybe you get one small promotion small advancement you get laid back and then you don't give life what it takes consistently we begin to take good times to mean that life is a straight line curve Life is not a straight line curve. In, in 2 Kings chapter 13, verse 14 to 19, 2 Kings 13, 14 to 19, we see the story of a king who was facing some battles. Then he went to see his pastor, his prophet Elisha. And the king told him what to do. One of the things he told him to do was to strike the ground with an arrow. He struck the thing three times and he stopped. And the king said to him, why did you stop? Why didn't you keep striking and striking and striking? He said, but now you have victories for a while. Many of us have had short-lived victories in life because we don't give life what it what takes. Look at my dear friend David. 
When Goliath fell on his face, big Goliath fell on his face before him, what most people will do is to start celebrating. No, no, no. David knew what I'm going to share a bit of with you today. He got onto Goliath's head, took his own sword, and did what? Took off his head so that that enemy will never rise again. I pray that every enemy that has been afflicting you, as you practice what we are going to learn today, they will never rise again in Jesus' name. You don't fight to survive. You, so, you fight to win. Amen? Now, all of life's battles are first fought and won in the spiritual. If you are going to win in 2022, and you, you can still win in 2021, if you have anything you are contending for, if you can fight appropriately in the spiritual realm, in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10 to 13, Ephesians 6, 10 to 13, the Bible tells us certain things that are worthy of our attention. Verse 10, come with me. He said, finally, my brethren, be strong where? In the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood. You know, the word wiles, tricks. Tricks. Okay? Many of us have the armor against physical things. <laughs> he says, we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Which one of these enemies can you fight with your hands? I mean, it's bad enough to be a spiritual host <laughs> in the heavenly place. Then that's a spiritual host of what? Wickedness. Wickedness. 13 says, therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil, the evil day. And having done all to what? Stand. You know, some people stop reading the Bible with me when we started talking about this warfare. But you need to go and read it and underline it. Those scriptures are scriptures that you must have at the back of your head all the time. You know, the great Kenneth Hagin wrote a book called The Triumphant Church that you should read. Now, some people permanently are at war, right? And it's good to be ready to fight at any time. But you must know that you, without fighting, you cannot triumph. And you must know what you are up against. My prayer for you is that by the time this year is over, by the time 2022 is over, you will still be standing. Not only will you be standing, you'll be standing tall over all your challenges and dancing in the mighty name of Jesus. So, to win spiritual battles, I want to share two things very quickly and then I'm done. Number one, very obvious things that we ignore, but just stay with me, okay? You must get more intimate with God. You must enter daily into deeper intimacy with who? God. You see, in the world that we live in, unfortunately, the concept of intimacy with God has been diluted. So you ask someone, where is your church in, in the marketplace? I go to GFH once in a while. <laughs> okay, good. When you... What do you do in church? Are you rooted in church? Are you a part of the church? No, 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 no. <laughs> I'm a very busy man. I travel a lot. And I always laugh 
when they are acquaintances. But when they are close people, I said, this life is not like that. Too. <laughs> Forgive me if I've told you this story before, but you know, as you get older, you tend to repeat your stories. Years ago, as a consultant, I was at a retreat with uh, one of our clients. Oh, no, no, no. Anyway, I had a story. And somebody said, at this same Ogere place where we were doing the retreat, TCC in Ogere, on the way to Ibadan, another organization came there, and two managers stayed in the room. You know, in those days, when you're a junior, you share a room. And one of them got up in the morning, and he knelt down and prayed the kind of fast food prayer most people pray. But then as he was looking, he saw that his colleague, who was also a manager with him in the same bank, across the room, had a god, you know what a god is, you know, this juju charm, you know, and the man was chanting incantation early in the morning, long before he woke up, and they were both managers in the same, uh, those are the people that you are contending with, eh? <laughs> Since all battles are won first in the spiritual, you must get intimate with the almighty God who is the father of spirits. Hebrews 12, 9, Hebrews chapter 12 verse 9 tells us clearly that God is the father of spirits. In Ephesians chapter 6 verse 10 that we read, he said, be strong in who? In the Lord. Let your strength be in the strength of who? God. Ladies and gentlemen, life is more than what you see. You know, a classic example of what I've just described is the case of David and Goliath. Goliath was huge. You would have thought that Goliath's strength should be sufficient in his own size. If you, if you study, if you go and analyze his size, this guy was maybe as tall, almost as tall as these lights. Tall dude. Heavy. But if you read 1 Samuel 17, in spite of his physical strength, Goliath still carried Otumokwa with him. He still carried the idols of his father. He called David a dog, as small as a dog. You know, who are you? What kind of small boy are you? David was even as tall as King Saul. But when Goliath faced him, the Bible says Goliath cursed David in the name of his what? Idols. You are bigger than me, but you are still using juju. It wasn't Goliath's size that intimidated the nation of Israel. It wasn't only his size. That's a story for another day. When Maybe when one day we come and do thrive, we'll talk about that. In the spiritual realm, there are things that people carry that make people to be afraid of them. Okay? So Goliath intimidated a whole nation. Israel was not a weak nation. Never has been. And still is not. But the whole nation was running from how many men? One man, because the man carried something. But I thank my God that David did not walk alone. When David faced him, because David had built intimacy with God outside the limelight. David said to Goliath, you come to me with all these things, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts. 
And then David chanted his own incantation. <laughs> he spoke of the things that were not as if they were. He said, today I'm going to take off your head. And heaven said, we know your voice. You have been talking to us. And the Bible says that God had promised that what you say in my ears, so I will. David said, today I'm taking off your head. And today everybody will know that there is a God in heaven. Stop walking alone. Tell your neighbor through your mouth, stop walking alone. The more you know God intimately, the greater your exploits and victories in life will be. Daniel 11.32b, he said the people who know their God will be strong and they will do exploits. Let me tell you the truth. There are certain career levels you cannot get to and remain there and excel there until your spiritual level matches up. Many years ago, a bank CEO, still a big bank, now in a bigger bank, came to speak to bankers in our church and he told us that when he got his first job as a bank CEO, they approached him. Thank God he was in Christ. <laughs> to get intimate with God, you must, sin must be wiped away. Because the Bible tells us that sin separates us from God. So intimacy is breached. Every time you sin, distance grows between you and God. To get intimate with God, quality time with God, one-on-one, -on -one, must increase. And be consistent. Fellowship with other believers must be unbroken. In 2020, you must decide that you will seek God and spend quality time with him. You know, there's always, we are doing virtual church, digital church. By the grace of God, professionally, that's where I operate. Digital workforce transformations, I know. But we have done studies all over the world and we have found out that intimacy must continue by physical interaction. So we will do hybrid, but we will not forsake the assembly of the brethren. One of the greatest tragedies of COVID-19 is not sickness. It is eternal separation from the body of Christ and we must fight it. The more intimate with God, the more your testimonies of winning will become. Make a decision today. This morning, that Lord, I'm going to draw closer to you. And then he will deliver greater victories to you in the name of Jesus. Second and last point. Partnership with the Lord of hosts. <laughs> you know, God is awesome. Almost, I told my wife I must join the second service from the beginning. Because every, almost every announcement was talking about partnership. You know, uh, covenant, Rafa covenant, the ministry of education things. So I, I said, that's a confirmation. You see, God does not fight for the sake of it. That's God. But most normal human beings, too, don't fight for the sake of it. You can't see somebody fighting on the road and just join and begin to side them. Side, you know, fight, you know, remove your shirt and begin to fight. <laughs> and say, I want to fight for this person. But if you see your bestow, or you see your wife, or your husband, or your child, somebody that you have an intimate relationship, intimate relationship or your son, ah, <laughs> they will know that uh, the sanctification has limits. You quote the scripture that says the violent. Uh... <laughs> if you believe that certain challenges, 
certain trials, certain temptations stood in your way in 2021. I want to invite you, starting from now, to make an intentional decision to partner with God in building his kingdom from now on. The only reason why God does not fight for certain people, why people get the people trample you up and down. Life tramples. It's because you too, you are neutral when it comes to the things of God. It's, it's, it makes sense. God, Jesus said, if you deny me before men, I, when you two are before God, before men, when it is time in heaven, I will also deny you before God. It's in the Bible. In Matthew 6, 25 to 33, Jesus Christ says, stop worrying about the things you worry about. Seek first what? The kingdom of God and his righteousness and all other things will be added unto you. Ladies and gentlemen, God fights for the people who fight for him. Can I hear you repeat that? God goes to war for people who fight for him. David lived a life of total partnership with God. In 1 Samuel 17 verse 26, Goliath was attacking the nation of Israel. Everybody was running. David said, of what use is life if the name of my God will be profaned? Say, so who is this uncircumcised word? See, that's loyalty. Something that the world we live in now, and I'm not that old, right? So, <laughs> but the world we live in now makes, makes nothing of it. Many of us are not loyal to friends. We're not loyal to pastors. We're not loyal to church. Even the organization that pays you the salary that you are using to buy shoes. David was loyal. David said, Who, how, can you, how can you profane the name of God? We'll give it what it takes. In 2 Samuel 7, it was this same David who said that the house of the God that I dwell in, that I worship, I live in a palace, but the house of God is in a tent. They said, no, we must do something about it. And God made him a promise that in your family, no matter where the contention comes from, the kingdom will never leave your family. If you choose from today to partner with God in bringing the loss to him from all over the world, wherever you are, if you choose to gather his people to him in worship, play your part, every joint supplying. In the world of work, in the business world, establishing God's kind of excellence. God's graciousness, mentoring people, helping people to succeed. While you don't deny your identity in Christ, you will find out that you will be winning battles and you'll be wondering, why is this person that was contending with me suddenly have problems? No, it's because God is cutting every opposition away. Start today. Resolve to find your place in God's work at GFH. In the kingdom then serve like your whole life depends on it. And you will find out that victories will be your bread every day in the mighty name of Jesus. So you've had all the opportunities. If you don't like any of those ones, as I said to them in our church, create your own. There's room. Create your own opportunity. Say, you know, I, I, I want to do something. I want to start a new ministry in this church. Recovery for people who are eating too much. I'm just saying, you know. 
Life is full of battles. And it's the winner that takes all. And I pray that you will never lose again in Jesus' name. Get ready to win in 2022 by making some specific decisions to get more intimate with God from today. Say, draw near to me and I will draw near to you. And then, what is the, what, what is the gap that is existing in this, choice, in this church? I want to fill that gap. What is the gap existing in the world? I want to fill that gap. 